Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back. What is this, episode episode 26, wow. Michael Robinson number. Miss Michael Robinson. We don't have a fullback anymore. We don't really use Nick Ballore. <laughs> he, he's listed as a fullback. Anyway, sure is. episode 26. This is the first week of the season that we're talking about a loss. Very sad, very upset. Let's just get right into it, not uh, play around with it too much. Seattle started out hot early with a good drive, uh, ended with a touchdown to Tyler Lockett, which started with a long, deep pass to Tyler Lockett over the head of Patrick Peterson, uh, scored that touchdown with 11 minutes and 59 seconds left in the first quarter. Seattle would get a stop and get the ball back, but only put up a Jason Myers field goal, his third attempted field goal of the season and his third make of the season to go up 10 nothing. Because then the Cardinals offense kind of started to get going uh, and got a 35-yard touchdown pass from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins over Quentin Dunbar. That was kind of a, just a bizarre play because, as they noted uh, on the broadcast, everybody was just kind of standing around. And you had Quentin Dunbar in single coverage against DeAndre Hopkins. And quite frankly, I don't know how I, I like those odds. Uh, but it would put the Cardinals within three points. The Seahawks would add another Jason Myers field goal. Uh, late in the, pardon me, oh no, this is in the second quarter, uh, would have another Jason Myers field goal to go up by six, and then would get the ball back into the end zone with a Carlos Hyde 24-yard touchdown run with four minutes left in the second quarter. Now, this is where it kind of gets heated. We see lots of scoring in the late second quarter. Arizona added another touchdown, this time to Christian Kirk, catching one from Kyler Murray with a minute and 14 seconds left. Then the Seahawks get the ball back and strike again with 43 seconds left with a touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett from 47 yards out. And then again, the Cardinals get the ball back and put up a field goal with four seconds left in the half, leaving us at a halftime score of 27 to 17 in Seattle's favor. It looked like, you know, the offense was really rolling here, started off well. And considering the last few games that we've had down in Arizona, most mostly that six to six tie that was just a nightmare, uh, if you remember that. Um, this, this, you know, I was a little bit excited about that. You know, Russell had 250 passing yards and those passing touchdowns kind of keeping it rolling along. Uh, and then we hit the third quarter and the only score of that quarter was Kyler Murray running it in with three minutes left. Uh, and then that would put us up only by three heading into the fourth quarter late in the fourth quarter with uh, six minutes and 44 seconds left. Russell Wilson would add a third touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett on fourth down to bring Seattle to a 10-point lead once again. And then Arizona would go on to score the final 10 points of regulation with another Christian Kirk receiving touchdown and a Zane Gonzalez 44-yard field goal with two seconds left in regulation. And then we get into overtime. Seattle would get two chances in overtime to win, but would not be able to take advantage as Zane Gonzalez nails a 48-yard field goal, leaving us with our final score of 37-34. to Seattle drops its first game of the season, uh, standing at 5-1, and one, still on top of the division even after the Rams win over the Bears uh, on Monday night football. Uh, the, uh, both offenses combined to put up 1,091 yards of total offense in the desert. As I said, compared to the last few games that we've had in Arizona against these Cardinals, it's kind of, it was kind of a weird game to play, but you know, especially weird considering that uh, Russell threw three interceptions uh, after going, completing 33 of his 50 passes for 388 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, 
don't want to take the guy for granted, but three in three interceptions, it was it was kind of a weird night for Russell there. Uh, he also led the team in rushing with six rushes for 84 yards. And and something that kind of didn't get to be talked about as much because of the fact that she lost this game and because of the drama with the interceptions and going to overtime and as well as DK Metcalf's uh, hustle play. I don't really want to skirt over that. Uh, that was obviously really big because it saved seven points. Uh, but, you know, still upset about the loss. Uh, Tyler Lockett had 15 receptions, which is a franchise record for a season game, season game, single game, Ooh. uh, 200 yards and three touchdowns on 20 total targets and Quandre Diggs added interception. Bennett, let's just shove it to you. Uh, what, what was going through your mind after that game? And what, what, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, after having sort of a night to think about it? Well, yeah, I mean, like to come, to come down from that. And to spend this day, I mean, chewing on the loss and trying to do some, some, some thinking and some research as to how it all went down, uh, it, it makes it tougher. This was a pretty tough loss. Mm-hmm. Um, in all honesty, it wasn't exactly a surprising loss. I think no. the thing that makes it the most upsetting is the fashion in which we lost in mm-hmm. the the overtime, uh, the whole overtime finale, and the the flashy business of these interceptions and I mean um, it, it puts the the MVP the rust for MVP question like it, it puts that in jeopardy and it, it's just like not the greatest way to lose a game mm-hmm. I mean the Cardinals are not like they were two years ago no they're a legit football team they were a team that was in disarray uh, they had Josh Rosen um, it just was not working out for them. You could tell it wasn't the future that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was Kingsbury's first year. They have a new head coach. That might have that been Steve really Wilkes's year. And then they just kind of hit oh, that's right. the reset button. They said, screw this. We're doing this over. But, yeah, Rosen and that just whole situation, I remember thinking that that wouldn't work out uh, when they were like, oh, let's draft a new quarterback. You know, let's get a new coach. Just to have that total reset was just kind of bizarre. And then, you know, right. obviously looking at it now, I, mean, I for now at least, at this point in the season, it seems to be working out and they seem to be hitting a sort of stride here. And that's right. Yeah, Kingsbury came in last year. That that was an apparent change. Uh, you see him play to his players' strengths instead of trying to stick to platitudes of the past. It's it's he's a he's a great new age coach. Um, and I think I wouldn't expect the Cardinals to not put up a fight. I wouldn't expect them to give us a, a run for our money, and I wouldn't expect them to not um, have a decent chance of winning this football game all the way through. We have to remember this is a football team with Kyler Murray, who is coming into his own as a sophomore year quarterback who's doing spectacularly. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, a couple other really good pieces on offense and defense. Uh, it was going to be a tough game either way. But what doesn't help is our team making a couple of big mistakes some sloppy play in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can talk all day about Russell Wilson's three interceptions. Uh, that first one targeting Carlos Hyde on that out route or on that, um, we'll that throw into the flat, slide, much, yeah. uh, flat um, very obvious play, bad throw. Right. I mean, Just you float it up there. It, yeah. Yeah. You lollipop it up there. Buddha Baker's going to make that read. Oh, yeah. Nine times out of ten. And it, like, it's not like he's slow. You know, he can cover the field. He's a fast right. guy. I mean, they were talking about him the whole week after that Dallas game, you know. And just, it, I don't know, it just seemed like he kind of airmailed it in, said, okay, we've got a touchdown here. And obviously that didn't happen. 
Uh, second interception, not so much his fault. I, I mean, it was frustrating. But that third interception, I will say, I mean, they commented on it. They said it was just the team trying to do too much. But I, you can't help but pin that last one also on Russ. He was throwing it where the receiver just was not. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like a perfectly thrown pass to the defender. Um, so really, uh, interesting there because it was Isaiah Simmons who they who was kind of highly touted, you know, out, coming out of Clemson, guy who'd played all over the field there for them. And then he goes to Arizona, and it's kind of funny how that works. He they, they talked about him not playing much, right? And obviously, he goes and makes that big play, but it was weird watching the replay on that because Tyler Lockett's running sort of over the middle. So he's not looking at that ball. And David Morse is kind of running the go. So he's not looking exactly. at the ball. So it's kind of like the way he too- quoted it up, it looked like he was just trying to get it to someone to get the first. But no, yeah. nobody, you know, it just – maybe it was doing too much, you know. I when mean, you're running four verts, you're mm-hmm. running that four verticals. You, you got your four wideouts to go in verts. Yes. Uh, you got Tyler running post down the middle. You got more go and go down the sideline, right? I don't know where DK is on this play. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably where we should have gone because it's DK Metcalf, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why you throw it so quickly. I don't know why you laser it. I don't know why you do a lot of these things that Russell did on that last play. I think that was trying to do too much mm-hmm. um, with not a lot left. Uh, so losing in overtime to a team that was going four and two, that is not bad. Mm-hmm. we knew they were going to be a problem and we wrote it out to the last um, to the last very last breath but I, I will say it's just disappointing to see this team play like they did knowing what mm-hmm. they can do and oh, yeah. I think that's my main gripe with the Seahawks we have unbelievable potential at least on the on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. and to fizzle out on offense like that in the second half it, to me is indicative of the fact that like I don't know if it's locker room culture because we have a, we have a supporting, we have a supportive locker room in Seattle. I don't think there's any bones about that. Richard Mm -hmm. Sherman might say differently. Earl Thomas might say differently, (laughs) uh, but one's out of job and one's injured. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they can, or one's injured on a 49ers team that is not doing great. So you can take that as you will. I think that the team has a good supportive locker room culture but I think we have the terrible sin of playing down to our competition in situational football. Yes. And I know uh, one of our talking points is the second half, especially um, the fourth quarter. Uh, So we we can talk about that. And then that's a perfect segue, you know, because obviously, yes, the, the culture that's been built by Pete Carroll and just sort of holding each other accountable and uh, you know, bringing in guys and being able to, just have that supportive culture. But the, the, the main thing that's always really interesting after like the close games and all that is how we ask, can you win the game in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, but to put up seven points in the last three periods, those three periods being the third quarter, the fourth quarter and overtime, seven points after putting up, what was it? 27 in the first half and just, uh, it, it seems like whenever this team gets a lead, it, it gets squandered. And I mean, that could go back to uh, even Super Bowl 49 and having what a 10 point lead against the Patriots and Tom Brady and just going stagnant and losing that game 28 to four, 24 after being 24 to 14. It's, it's, it's very bizarre. You know, obviously those are different, you know, play callers now from Daryl Bevel, 
God hate him, to uh, Brian Schottenheimer. It's, it's, it's weird just laying off the gas because something that I go back to, I know this is your talking point. I'm getting too into it. Uh, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, that we don't really blow people out. Like, mm-hmm. like perhaps okay. the 2012 season, obviously, one game that comes to mind, ironic that it's the Cardinals, is that 58 to nothing game. But it's just, just losing these leads and being conservative. How, how can you have that, you know, talk about can you win the game in the fourth quarter uh, and just not – it doesn't look like you're trying to win the game when you're just, you know, trying to maybe burn a little bit of clock, not really trying to put the game away. You know what I mean? Right. Well, okay, so I will say as a disclaimer, this game in particular, I kind of understand the conservative play calling at least after Russell's first two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way. And um, this one in particular, I will also do something shocking for me if people have listened to the last two episodes I've been on. <laughs> they know I really like to dig on the coaching. Mm. I'm going to say something weird for me. Uh-oh. I'm not going to say this is a coaching issue. I think this is, this is, this is players getting too comfortable with the 10-point lead. Mm. In the Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll era, we are 56-0 and 0 going into halftime with a four-point lead at least. We have a 10-point lead. So you look at some of these lackadaisical plays, or lackadaisical plays, these sloppy mistakes, mm-hmm. the, uh, the David Moore holding call on the third down touchdown yeah, yeah, that would have yeah, won yeah. us the game. Uh, some of these plays are just r- ridiculous. Like, I mean, like the Damian food. Lewis – running oh. the completely opposite way on the stretch run. Um, mm-hmm. Or even running me. two stretch plays back-to-back the same way. Right. And, like, that play calling, to me, was questionable. But you have to – I think I realize that it is, it is because of Russell Wilson's suspect play throughout the game. I mean, mm. three touchdowns, yeah. That's awesome. To, mm-hmm. to Tyler Lockett as well, to utilize that weapon, awesome. It lets people know that you still have him. Uh, that he's still viable to pop off like DK Metcalf can. But also, I think if Russell Wilson doesn't throw those three interceptions or those two interceptions, we don't run two stretch plays back to back. And I think that's a lack of faith in your quarterback. And sure, that can be brought up to coaching, but they can also brought up to the fact that their quarterback threw two pretty bad interceptions, two pretty tough interceptions. And when you don't play with the same effort you do in the first two quarters, you're going to end up blowing some pretty big leads. We can look at teams who have done that. We can look at the Atlanta Falcons getting too comfortable with their leads. We can look at the Cowboys getting too comfortable with their leads. Uh, Funny enough that the Cowboys weren't one of the people who did it to the Falcons and Mm -hmm. then later have it happen to them. Um, And you're going to, especially when you go into overtime, there has to be that passion for the game throughout Mm -hmm. all four quarters. And, I will agree with you. You only score by seven. You only win by seven points, or you only score seven points. Pardon me, in the final three periods. Um, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is, you should not be scoring seven players or seven um, points when you have players like Russell Wilson, you have players like DK Metcalf, and you have players like Tyler Lockett, and I'd even posit that you have players like David Moore. It is to me ridiculous. It shows something maybe about player culture. Um, the conservative play calling doesn't help, but um, it's just it is it is it is kind of annoying. And I will say that that third and two 
where we run that second stretch run in a row is um, pretty ridiculous. Well, I had to and check. Then... I, I legitimately had to check if I if there was something wrong and I was seeing the same plague. <laughs> it was interesting though because I read today because they had press conferences and all that following up. Right. And last night that the there was something about he had Russell had two pass plays that he could have checked out of checked into rather pardon me um on that stretch play that third and was it third and two uh oh like he could have audibled them yeah he could have audible and it's, it's interesting now to think about that because i wonder if that's hey you know i've thrown these interceptions maybe i just want to play it safe you know because obviously um i think it was in atlanta when the head fought the the mics went out or whatever to talk to the coordinators uh russell called his own plays but it's interesting though because you wonder if it is something that's like hey i'm just gonna play it safe you know i don't really want to put the ball in the air i think i I don't remember if it was uh coach kohler he said when you throw the ball uh bad things can happen but um you just that sure sounds like a coach kohlerism considering some of our championship games um but i will say that this goes this is one of those things where like that second stretch play gets converted you hear that Russell could have checked out of it and you go wow what an unselfish move by a quarterback mm. um you praise him for it and um i don't know how much this affects my criticism of that uh, i still think it was an pretty pretty suspect uh questionable play call uh two stretch runs in a row um bad move in all forms uh mm-hmm. and also i'm a pretty big critic of the stretch run itself i think it doesn't work in the nfl mm. you don't see it especially for a guy like carlos hyde i just i don't think yeah. the play is designed don't think the play is designed for someone like him maybe rashad penny yeah uh, if he Whenever. was around mm-hmm. so, uh, cj Procise, guys like that <laughs> um that's who i'd expect a stretch run for yeah uh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, I wouldn't even want Carlos Hyde going out on a toss if I'm honest with you, because he's just he's not elusive enough to make that play happen. Make that play happen, at least not now. I mean, we're talking Carlos Hyde when he was in his prime with the Texans, maybe. Um, but I mean, now I I just I can't see it happening. It's just it's you know. Obviously, yeah, like you said, that that sort of thing. Let me in that, doesn't really... that statement. Not the Texans. I meant the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, he did have a thousand yards with the Texans last year. True. That would be. I mean, he, had a, he had a good season. Texans. Uh, but... Carlos Hyde wouldn't be bad, you know. But I, I do get what you're saying there. It's just, and that's something that we'll be talked about here in a second with Chris Carson going out. You know, when he got Chris Carson out, even even uh, I don't know if I'd say DJ, DJ Dallas. But, you know, it's just – it's it's really interesting to see that, you know, because it's, it's been happening for years, sort of uh, getting complacent when you've got that lead. And that's – that's you could argue that's how you lose games. You know, you've, there was one year, I believe it was 15 or 16. I think it was 16 where we had a bunch of leads in games. And oh, yeah. They just kept going away. They just kept, you know, just kept blowing them, and that's how you lost games. And, uh, you know – at least with me, um, obviously I'm not a coach here, but if I was a coach, I want to keep my, you know, my, my foot on the throat and continue to score points and make sure that something like that doesn't happen. Because in the, the era that we live in, in sports, we've seen plenty of leads get broken. So, I mean, it's not right. outrageous to say, you know, to, well, to be afraid of blowing a lead, 
you know, I mean, that's why I hope you continue to add on there. Um, uh, so, I mean, looking at that, uh, and obviously considering what was said about Arizona, uh, and obviously they're not a bad team. I mean, like we said, we, we know that even, even when they don't, they didn't have guys like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, it's, it's always – the division games are always going to be tough unless you're like the AFC East and you could steamroll the whole division for a multitude of years if you're the Patriots, uh, maybe the Bills now. Um, what, what, what do you think needs to be done differently when this team plays Arizona in, I believe, three weeks after they play San Francisco and Buffalo in the following – in the upcoming two weeks? Well, okay. Let me start by saying, like, I don't think this Cardinals game is a blip. Mm. I don't think this is a game that we look at and go um, – that we look at and we go, like, oh, well, this won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Because this game de- makes me deeply concerned for a game against Buffalo. Mm. Um, and maybe the Rams. I know we'll get to the Niners later because that's our next week game and we can talk about that. Um, So I won't focus too much on them, but a team like Buffalo who I I get Josh Allen hasn't been great recently. He hasn't been putting up the MVP numbers kind of beneficial for Russ's campaign. Uh, Same with Aaron Rodgers in his game versus uh, not the Patriots, the other Tampa Bay, Tom, the Tom team. Um, Ooh, I said the bad name. I said the bad name. Oh man. Cheese man. (laughs) Great, great. Uh, now we've, we're going to feel the holy wrath. Um, but I get that that's – I get, like, these guys, these quarterbacks, they're not going to give you the bailouts that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to give you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we play like that against a team like the Bills. We're going to get punished pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So looking forwards, you got to look at this game and you got to take it as a lesson that you cannot ease up after the half. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're 27 and 17. Like oh, yeah. you said, you kind of have to keep the foot on the throat. You look like you look at teams like the Chiefs yeah. who do not get came back upon nope. that often because they keep the gas going. They keep Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill running and Car- uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running the entire game. You, you keep them moving the entire game. You don't stop – the, you don't stop the momentum. If you have four momentum, you don't stop using it. So the Seahawks need to look at that as a lesson um, and as kind of a role model as to what their offense should look like moving forwards, right? Um, especially looking at our Week 12, or pardon me, Week 11 matchup with the Cardinals again. You got to tighten up your defense. You got to make sure the offense is rolling the entire time because, as we've been saying, this is not a Cardinals football team that is the bottom of our division that we can push around willy nilly. This is a Mm -hmm. Cardinals football team that has real pieces that can beat most teams in the league. They're a genuine playoff threat this year, and I can say that with my whole chest. When you have someone like DeAndre Hopkins on your football team, you're going to be a threat. The Texans are being exposed as being a mediocre football team with DeAndre Hopkins. Once DeAndre Hopkins left their football team, they're floundering. Um, now, there is to say that, that I mean, Bill O'Brien is a terrible coach, 
and thank goodness for their organization, he's gone. But, I mean, you put all these things stacked on top of each other, you got DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, who's a decent head coach. I, they're going to be a threat that you have to prepare for. And I just feel like we didn't prepare for their game plan. I think we didn't get lucky in the first half. We played like the football team we should play like in the first mm-hmm. half. In the second half, we kind of got in our own heads a little bit. And I can see the exact same thing happening to the Bills. I can see us being, uh, I don't know, 21 to 14 at the half against the Bills, us on top, and us blowing the lead because we think we're winning. Uh, and I just, this wasn't a trap game. This was a game we lost fair and square, and I think it should teach us a lesson for weeks to come. Because, I mean, you can you can sit here and look at a multitude of things, but in reality... It's just you it, – it just seems like you stop, you know, pushing uh, – stop, you know, stop with the forward momentum, as you could say. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could look at that weird uh, defenseless receiver penalty on Bobby Wagner. Right. You could look at um, not having Buda Baker ejected for that head-to-head hit. You could look at David Moore and the holding penalty – that was really obvious. I can't believe how obvious that was until I saw it again. Yes. yes. It, you could look at, you know, that they're in two. There's, you could look at all these things. But ultimately, the bottom, the bottom line is that you didn't continue to push the ball. You didn't continue to score. And when you let a team with that kind of offense back in the game, they're bound to score points. Exactly. So that's, um, you know, just you had that game in your hand and it just kind of fell out, you know. And that, that can happen if you want to win championships. So, uh, especially in this division that we're in right now, we're not in the NFC East. You can't, you know, be two and four and look around and say, hey, we're the top right now. You know, you, you've got Arizona, and then legitimately we have a chance to, well, it depends on how uh, well the Niners continue to play and to see if they uh, keep back on the upward tick here. Uh, but there is a chance that we could have, Max four teams, obviously, but at least maybe two or three teams in the playoffs from this division. Uh, the way that uh, the Rams played tonight on Monday Night Football, the way that, you know, well, we've been playing for an extent, and then this Arizona team. So uh, heading into our injuries, the always fun segment of the podcast here, we got three new injuries coming out of that game, which isn't exactly a good sight. Uh, Chris Carson suffered a mid-foot sprain. Uh, which puts him at week to week, right? Even though that was a thing, uh, Shaquille Griffin suffered a concussion, and it's. Uh, but Pete Carroll did say that after the game, he seemed pretty clear. So we'll see uh, what that means. Um, and Travis Homer suffered bruising on his knee. Uh, so you know, nothing season-ending. Think knock on wood. Think that, but uh, still not good. Uh, kind of to move into this part here. Uh, not good to see Chris Carson continue to rack up injuries. Obviously he's played in every game we've had this year, but, um, Ooh, yes. Um, but you know, considering his injury history, as well as the fact that he is in a contract year, uh, I mean, would you say that another injury here, obviously it's not confirmed that he's out for next week against the 49ers, but I mean, if you're sitting there and you're John Schneider and Pete Carroll, uh, and you're looking at this year in review at the end of the year, does, does this injury, you know, affect 
how much money you're going to give this guy or if you even dare consider, say, not extending him uh, or giving him a new contract? Well, I, I can I can see a couple of things happening here. Um, I, I know we, we kind of – the storyline is set up for him to ask for a big contract. Mm-hmm. This series or this, we'll have to see the seriousness of this injury. I know they're waiting on MRI results. Um, I know we know he has a sprain. We don't know the degree of that sprain. I know he's week to week. Mm-hmm. But that's um, very vague, you know. It's vague, and you know that usually they use that terminology when either they don't want to tip the hat, they'll be coming back within the next three weeks, or there's like a serious threat that he might be out for extended time. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they use the same verbiage with uh, Jamal Adams, and we've all seen how yep. that has panned out. Yep. So it's unfortunate, and this type of thing happens. And I mean, this isn't the first time Chris Carson has missed time before. Um, and it just it makes me think like he's not maybe not injury prone, but. It, it does make you think about the wherewithal of him. And if you pay him that big money mm-hmm. and he goes out there in the first three games of the season, now you're out your star running back that you blew the whole farm on. It, it makes you think. So first off, we'll have to trust Carlos Hyde, um, who's also banged up. Not exactly great, but I think mm-hmm. that um, I think he's a perfectly serviceable running back. He's coming off his best year of his career which mm-hmm. is surprising to say for somebody who has hit that running back wall of 32. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is in, like, it should inspire some confidence in Seahawks fans um, because this guy's, or he's not 32 years old, but I mean, he's getting close to 32. Yeah. You don't really not want young by any means. Yeah. You don't want a veteran running back to be leading up your backfield. You want somebody young and spry, like a Saquon Barkley. Um, and you kind of look at this and, you know, Chris Carson, he wants that Ezekiel Elliott money. Mm-hmm. He wants that Dallin Cook money. Yep. And I get that this guy has been near the top of the pack for running backs each year. He's been in that top 10 conversation. Um, but I just, I, I can't see him getting that type of contract, at least not from us. No, I would agree with that. So what I think I'm saying is, in a very sad way, <laughs> that I do not expect Chris Carson to be with us next season. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that, considering, obviously, like you said, I'm not going to look at Chris. I mean, Carlos Hyde as a guy. Hey, this is our future back. Exactly. You know. I mean, but... like Carlos Hyde, I don't think he's winding down to the end of our, his career. No, but it's. But I'm it's... saying he might be more of a Kristen Michael change of pace back for the season. Yeah. I'd like him to come back. I think he's actually a very good running back for our team. He's a nice power rusher who can run and block and catch. Um, that's nice. In fact, I think the Chiefs said pretty much the exact same thing when they signed him. Uh, <laughs> I think like, I don't know, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have a really hard time with not having a younger option that is reliable. Travis Homer is not that. Um, And I know the original question was about Chris Carson, his future, but to me about his future is who we have lined up to take his place. Yeah. Um, And right now that is Rashad Penny, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. Among those three, 
I do like DJ Dallas the most just because we haven't seen a lot out of him yet. And I would like to, and I'd like to test him out and see what he can do. And here with a few times we've seen him, he's actually been pretty decent. But I, what I would even like more is to find a guy who's already established in the league mm. and get him into our locker room and get him to be our running back for the future. A Marshawn Lynch situation where we get him from the Bills. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily – Yeah, he's relatively young, not necessarily super established, but we've seen him play. And we get him on our team. He plays football for us for a solid amount of years. He's our leader guy, leading guy. Do we need somebody like Marshawn Lynch who will carry the team on his back? Absolutely not, because we have Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But do we need somebody who's reliable? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm someone you Chris can Carson. say, hey, you know, we need you to run the ball here. Uh, obviously, right. obviously, you know, this year especially, they haven't been, yeah. you know, pounding the rock like last year, different contrast. But you can't just sit here and drop back 50 times a game and believe that's going to work every year. I mean, every game. So it is, it is, it is, it is really interesting now that I think about it to go and, oh yeah, to go and look and say, Hey, you know, Chris, you've been productive while you've been here, but you know, obviously the season's not over right now, but haven't seen really like a full 16 game season where this guy hasn't been interrupted by an injury. Exactly. Chris, I mean, I keep saying Chris, Carlos Hyde, you know, like, like you said, like we've said, solid dude you know, has been productive when we need him to be. But, you know, if you want somebody that you're looking forward to, even even Rashad Penny has had his, obviously, his injury issues. Uh, uh, before he got the uh, ACL injury against Philly, and then, uh, yeah, before that, and then obviously with that ACL injury. So it's just like, I mean, DJ Dallas, that's great. You know, I like I do want to see more from him because I know that in training camp uh, they talked about him being able to receive the ball. Um, so it's nice to have that sort of you know receiving back. But it's just I just you got to wonder now. Obviously, they've got like five backs, and I didn't even really want to talk about Travis Homer because I just I don't I don't I don't really see Travis Homer being a guy that he's just not like a Pete Carroll running back. You know, he's not going to pound. No, pound the ball through the tackles or the guards even you know it's just it doesn't look like he just doesn't look like a guy that we would feature you know what I mean so right. it is and I'd almost I'm not gonna say running back purgatory because by no means are we in bad standings necessarily but it's just it'll be really interesting to see what this team does going forward uh, with that running back position because like I said I mean kind of it's almost like you need a guy to play complimentary football for you to be able to, you know, run clock, you know, finish the game out, maybe not necessarily run back-to-back stretches. Um, but it's just that's something that will be interesting to pay attention to. Uh, obviously, don't really want to look at the draft right about now. Right, no. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward if, if Mr. Carson gets offered that extension, and if so, what that money looks like, as well as how many years that uh, would be. Uh, we did – I, th- I think you did mention Jamal there uh, a little bit and it's not the best news necessarily, but it's not like shutting the door out yet. Uh, he has not been confirmed to play next week right. against the 49ers, which isn't exactly encouraging considering that uh, coming out of the bye week, it was kind of said that before that, uh, before the actual game week, it was said that he would come back against the Cardinals 
and then we find out that they're not going to play against the Cardinals, and then it was like a con- conservation, quote-unquote, I'm doing my air quotes right now, and they can't see it, type thing. And now they're kind of like mum on it, and they're not committing to him playing uh, this week. So that's, like I said, they haven't ruled it out yet, which, I, I um, you know, it's it doesn't help me, you know. But it's it's interesting because you kind of – wonder how long that'll last what because i don't know if there was an, an uh, a detailed description on what the groin injury was all i heard was that there was a groin injury um excuse me excuse me so that was that on jamal adams in terms of injury that's you know missed three straight games not including bye weeks obviously because the bye weeks not a game um but it's just kind of interesting to see how that's going and then damon harrison was not in that cardinals game and I haven't really heard any news on him going forward. So, you know, could potentially see him in this Niners game. I don't know if that's a surefire thing. It seems like both of these guys are I, – I don't – I mean, they're both different situations. Obviously, I think Damon Harrison is just kind of getting into game shape again. Right. Uh, but Jamal Adams, that's – you know. What, what worries me is the fact that we haven't extended him yet. And that this is happening because it, I really don't want it to be another Mr. Clowny man thing (laughs) where we've got him and you think we might sign him and we've been injured for games and you kind of don't know what's going to happen after the year, but you're enjoying it while you can, you know? So that's, I'd like to see him against the Niners considering it's another, a, uh, uh, divisional game. Like if, uh, like if we were playing the jets this week, uh, well, that's a revenge game, I guess, even though it's a dead. <laughs> say say we're playing – yeah, well, fuck it. Say, say we're playing – oops, swear word. Say we're playing the Jets, you know, sure, rest the guy. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. it's, it's – it's, every, every game in this division is going to be important no matter what. And, and I think that that – of course that, that that's – one of the things that you want to look at the most going into the 49ers game is injuries. I mean, uh, on both sides of the ball. And again, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but the Jamal Adams one in particular to me is frustrating because of the lack of communication and because of the pitter patter nature of how they're going about this. Um, I know there's that media circus of trying to keep the injuries undisclosed and try to make sure that like you don't jump the gun and say he's good to go and then he's not or vice versa um but there comes a point where i don't think the public deserves to know but there comes a point where you have to make the right move when it comes to something like jamal adams Mm -hmm. and you have to make a vote of confidence in him and I think right now the dude's sitting in his house watching football games that he desperately wants to be in. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying you should start him preemptively, yeah. get him back in preemptively. But I'm saying that, like, this is a guy that can greatly contribute to our team. Yes. And it would be great to know if he could play. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like we, we have no idea if he's gone out and, like, if, they, if doctors have said, hey, you can't play for X amount yeah. of weeks. And we also don't know if they say, hey, you're fine, dude, just – and they're like, oh, we're, we're going to be safe with it. You know, so I think, we, we have no idea. I think the only thing that really inspires confidence into me is that he hasn't been placed on IR. Mm, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, if he was placed on IR, then it could be a Christian McCaffrey situation where he doesn't necessarily have a time he will come back, but we have faith that he will come back during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, is the only thing that's like we can see him coming back next week or the week after. I'd love to have him for that Buffalo game. Holy yeah. moly. Oh, yeah. I uh, think... That's important with Stephon Diggs and also a quarterback like Jared uh, – gosh, Jared Allen. I always want to say that. <laughs> uh, with Josh Allen, who, um, I mean, isn't necessarily a threat to rush, but you'd like to keep a guy like him in check. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an athletic guy, so it's not like he's going to sit that back there like Peyton Manning. Exactly. But, you know, he may not run around the way that Kyler Murray would run around. So, so you, I mean, like by all accounts, you'd love to have him back for this game, and you'd love to have him back for the next game. Um, but yeah, I think that with our depleted secondary, it makes me a little nervous to go up against teams like the Bills. Not so much the Niners mm-hmm. right now because they don't have Debo Samuel, uh, which was I think like just announced today. Oh, but yeah, they don't have Debo Samuel and Raheem Mostert is on the IR mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Jeff Wilson jr. Is yep. also out. Yep. Uh, so that game looking forward, I'm not worried about it. I don't think the Seahawks should be worried about it, but let's play like we're worried about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then just like to go back to Jamal Adams, I think we should probably also talk about Shaquille Griffin. Um, oh yeah. That's nice. Oh wait. Yeah. Eh, yeah. We can just, I uh, Oops. Uh, I'll it, let you it, introduce this question. To go to go uh, into the depleted secondary part, you, I, I mean, concussions are obviously always serious considering right. it's head. And I haven't been told, I haven't seen that he's not going to play. But, I mean, let's just play on that side of caution and say he's not going to play. Right. Uh, if, yeah. if you don't have, obviously Ryan Neal has done his job. Uh, and filling in for Jamal, but when you're down him and you're down Jamal, at, I mean, when you're down Jamal Adams and you're down Shaquille Griffin and your starting secondary looks like Quandre Diggs at free safety, Quentin Dun, as long as far as I know, Quentin Dunbar is fine. Yes. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, at, we'll slide him into starting corner now. And then uh, uh, I'm going to say this, but many people won't like it. Trey Just Flowers don't say it. Don't say it. at that other quarterback position who, I mean, Lano Hill's not playing. So is it, is it Demarius Randall time? Uh, Cause he has spent time at cornerback. Uh, they've kind of played with him at safety lately. Uh, and that's where he was kind of with the Raiders uh, and the back when he was with the Packers, he, he kind of played uh, both of those with the Browns when we played him last year, actually, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I mean, who? I mean, obviously, it, it's who's who's going to step up there? I mean, because Shaquille Griffin, as he hasn't had a great, he didn't have a great uh, two years ago, and he's the whole secondary hasn't really had a great year this no. year. So I mean, uh, when I think about cornerbacks, Nico Thorpe's not playing. Uh, so we go Quentin Dunbar, Trey Flowers, and then it's like uh, Lyndon Steffens from. Yeah, he, he played a little bit last night. I saw that. And then Demarius Randall. And then Demarius Randall. So it's like – They can play both. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this Niners team, I didn't know – I actually didn't know about Debo Samuel. But they've got basically like a mini Debo Samuel in that Brian Ayu- Brandon Ayuk. Yes. And the way that they run those – they're able to mix the run in really well with those uh, – I, I guess they're like a jet sweep. Um. And then just they, they've got playmakers that can get yards after catch because Jimmy Garoppolo has 
He's not a guy that's necessarily yeah. airing you out like Patrick Mahomes. He's a, he's he's a yak got, quarterback. Yeah, he's got those um, players. And when you're going to have – George Kittle's going to be an issue, you know. And he's right. Gonna be someone you have to game plan around. So, I mean, what, what – you know, what, what's going to – what is Ken Norton and this his amazing defensive play calling mm, yeah. going to do <laughs> – Without now, your starting corner, and we'll we'll just the way things are going. Let's just say Jamal's not playing this week. I mean, what um, what's going on there? You know? Okay, as painful as it is to say Jamal's not there, um, which is especially painful with a game coming up against uh, George Kittle. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is probably less of a worry, and what I'm more worried about is Shaquille Griffin. Because if you put in Trey Flowers, uh, I don't like Trey Flowers on Brandon Ayuk whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds terrible to play four quarters of football with that matchup. Because when you have, and I think it's like when you have a quarterback who knows their stuff, um, they're going to throw at Trey Flowers um, pretty much every play. We saw it against uh, Miami and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We saw Trey Flowers just get absolutely exposed. So, I just think that Trey Flowers is not the move. And I'm going to say that I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and this is a little outside the box, but Ryan Neal is technically listed as our second string left cornerback. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you, could, you could move him down and have maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Demarius Randall there. Uh, a slot maybe, or maybe in the strong safety position. And one of those safety positions, or maybe uh, like a nickel. Because I know we got Nickel Ugo Amadi. Oh, yeah, duh, duh. The yeah. absolute GOAT, um, who is probably the best player on our defense right now in the, in the, in the secondary. Let me catch myself. Because uh-huh. uh, Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, holy moly. Mostly KJ Wright recently. Um, but, like, Ryan Neal, I think, is a guy that I would like to see play over uh, Trey Flowers, at least in the corner position. I know he hasn't really gotten, actually, any snaps in corner this uh, season, if I am remembering this all correctly. Um, maybe a couple odd ones where they're doing a different formation. But mm-hmm. uh, if he plays corner, uh, he's listed at the death chart. We can see what could happen. <laughs> in my opinion, I would love to see this happen. I would like him at corner more than I like Trey Flowers at corner, especially because his coverage seems to be tighter. He seems to be better at making a play on the ball, like in terms of a swat or a tackle or what have you. But honestly, the nightmare situation is Trey Flowers to play four quarters of football against the 49ers next week core uh, receiver core that is broken, but still pretty functional. We Mm -hmm. saw them score. We didn't see them score last week. We saw them do pretty good last week. Um, Even with, uh, Debo Samuel that ended up getting hurt. We saw Brandon Ayuk do pretty well for himself. And we saw Jimmy Garoppolo still do pretty good uh, after that um, nightmare game two weeks ago. Um, what's Ken Norton going to do? I hope Ken Norton learns what pressing is. Uh, because playing... I I was just so confounded when I watched Trey Flowers drop back beyond the sticks on several occasions. Over time. <laughs> you know, like I know he does that a lot, but in overtime, yeah. where if you give up the three yard completion, it doesn't really matter. Or, well, it does really matter. Yeah. But if you give up the first down, it's kind of like they have to get a field goal. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't want a big play, but you also can't really let them march down the field. So 
over time football it's hard to find a happy medium on i kind of am rambling but let me let me gather my thoughts for a second trey flowers plays way too far off the ball he does not have tight coverage and he cannot make plays on the ball and if you realize that those three things i said constitute what a cornerback does on the field you are 100 percent right <laughs> he does not play cornerback very well that's the only position he can play I don't like him on our football team, and I don't think he should start next week. If we can play someone else in that position, I think that'd be great. Ugo Amadi can't switch over there because Ugo Amadi's in our slot, and he's doing fantastic. He's doing fantastic as a nickel quarterback, a cornerback. So I would like to see Ryan Neal. If that happens, that happens. It'd be really cool. We probably won't see that because Ken Norton's going to stick to his guns, and we'll see Trey Flowers come in there and not do well for four quarters of a football game. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you like to like scheme around that and play, uh, play more zone. But right. Just when 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 you're in that position in overtime, and you've got we've got Kyler Murray, especially obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be scrambling like Kyler Murray. Right. Uh, but say say Buffalo, right? You know you can't. You're you're going to eventually have to. Well, no, I I got off the beaten trail there. You can't really just run all zone there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to mix a man in yards after carry guys because if they find that hole in the zone, the, you know these are guys that are going to be able to just take it and go. Cole Beasley, uh, Stephon Diggs. Ah, oh God, Cole Beasley. God, what a guy. <laughs> um, but just yeah, I just when it's in when you're in a game. So, so if we're like tied. And Trey Flowers is potentially, you know, playing DeAndre Hopkins back a little. I understand that because it's DeAndre Hopkins. Right. You don't want to make him get the touchdown play. Yeah. But when it's in overtime and you don't want these guys to cross a certain line to get a field goal. Exactly. You really cannot be giving him those free 10 yards because then it's essentially the game. So it's just, I I liked Trey, you know, initially because they were going to move him from safety at Oklahoma State and... And he was tall, you know. It's like, hey, this guy might be cool, you know. And he, he he's made some plays here and there, uh, but just uh, it's just it hasn't been working. And I don't know if that's the way he's been coached or just not being in put in the right position. I don't want to make excuses for the guy, but it's just it's 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 not working. I think what's not what what what's happening right now? It's not working. Right, and I will I will make the concession. I think I give him too much hate because I do think he's in a particularly crappy position with Ken Norton being his coach, with him constantly having to fill in for somebody who's injured. That's just not a great position to be in as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that there are some very obvious issues with his game, and I don't yeah. know if that's an off-season thing to work on. or I, I don't know if he just doesn't have a place on the team next year. Um, but to answer the overall general question again, Shaquille Griffin – who steps up for him. I mean, it's got to be Trey Flowers. And mm-hmm. I mean, that my fantasy situation of having Ryan Neal step into the corner slot and have a good game, uh, probably improbable. So, I mean, I, I would have to think it's Trey Flowers. And I just, uh, I, I don't want that to happen. And I wouldn't put it past the Seahawks to let that happen anyways. It's just, you know, yeah. So, if 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 Trey Flowers comes out and has a great has a great game, you know maybe I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's 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 really it is tough. Like you said, uh, coming in having either Shaquille or Quentin Dun well Shaquille now or Quentin Dunbar be injured, 
uh, it's it's not easy to just say, hey, you have to go out there and guard right. their second best or their first guest guy at some points in time uh, because of the way that they run their defense here. It's it is tough, you know, and it's just I really don't think they'll bring somebody in. I no, I I, I surely don't think that. Way more important to get pass rush, which uh, just that in a little bit, but um, it's you know. It, it probably will have to be him because they could move Ryan Neal, but I don't know if they will because they probably like him at that safety spot. Yeah, and he's he's playing great at that safety spot, especially so, if uh, Adams is still out. Mm-hmm. So obviously we'd like for Mr. Adams to be back, but right. just like we've said, it's just kind of weird what we're seeing. So you know, it's uh, we'll see as we go on through the week. But you know, I'm not going to hang my hat on hey he'll definitely play. So uh, last week's game was originally scheduled for 105. But due to the fact that the Raiders had all of their offensive linemen and their safety, Jonathan Abraham, exposed to uh, one of their linemen who actually got the coronavirus because they were all put on that COVID-19 list, uh, this game was flexed out, I thought, just because because it was a divisional matchup the way it was and the way that both of our teams are. They might have get flexed, but then I learned about that. So that's, that's why we were moved. Uh, and then something that was kind of interesting for me and you throughout this week and kind of was talked about a lot uh, throughout the week that it happened was the team considered signing Antonio Brown over the week, uh, but he would go on to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Friday. Uh, Russell Wilson stated that uh, he said nobody's perfect, and he said that Seattle would be a great place for Brown to grow a lot as a man. Uh, I'm just going to be dry bones about it should the team have even considered signing him in the first place? Because it kind of seemed like even earlier in the year uh, and in the off season, he pushed for this to happen and then it didn't happen. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, things pan out for him in Tampa Bay, but it's just been a really weird roller coaster ever since he forced his way out of Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, should, should the team, you know, should we even look at this guy? Because, uh, I mean, if you look at, like, what he was even accused of, not even what, like, happened with sort of uh, the – the uh, what's, what's what I'm going to – what am I looking for? Sort of the freakouts at the NFL and the posts and social media he's made. Uh, I mean, should that have even happened? You know, because this is a man that's accused of rape, uh, went and threatened – who accused him right. and then was uh, accused of endangering his two-year-old son. So, you know, what? obviously he's got that potential upside, but is this someone that you even wanted to bring into that locker room? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I think anybody that knows me knows I really don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you look at somebody like this who's just not a good guy whatsoever. I mean, if, if we're looking at it like pre, pre-forcing himself out of Pittsburgh, obviously you jump on it. But you see everything that's happened. I mean, even if you knew what would have happened you know, back then, I, 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 I kind of drew the line. I was like, all right, keep this dude out of here. You know what I mean? Right. And you look this. at maybe somebody like Percy Harvin. Uh, <laughs> where he was a decent running back, but he was not a good guy. Um, and I think I think I think he was the one who opened up and said, "Oh, I had like 
I had anxiety, I had yeah. depression, I had all these things going on, but yeah. homie body slammed Golden Tate. Uh, I think he even admitted to that. He admitted to that. There was um, that and like I've seen some people compare Harvin to 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 Gordon because of their substance abuse issues. Um, but I would not agree with that. I, I think they're more no. analogous to, 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 to somebody like Brown. And you don't want someone like that in your locker room. No. I, I am actually not a huge fan of talking about how um, the locker room culture is so important to a team because, honestly, I think some locker room is going to have a terrible chemistry and still win. Look at the mm-hmm. Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, are all of them friends? Absolutely, probably not. But do they no. win because they have a masterful head coach and a quarterback who's Tom Brady? Yeah. Uh, are they winning this year without Tom Brady? No. Um, but I will say that it's like I just – Antonio Brown to me, first, let's, let's look at like his, cult, his, uh, his, his accusations. Uh, it made my stomach turn to hear Russell Wilson defend that. It made me think a little bit less of Russell Wilson to hear him say that. Um, and I don't think the team should have ever considered it. I hated how he talked about it. The whole, mm-hmm. oh, well, John's always got stuff on his radar. Uh, first off, what a stupid thing to say um, because he doesn't. If he did, we'd have Everson Griffin and we'd have Yannick Ngakwe and we'd have Chris yeah. Harris, one of those three. Especially for what they were acquired for. Exactly. Um, but then he, he makes these uh, emotional sightings, I'll call them that, with like Michael Kendricks or Bruce Irvin. Will I say Bruce Irvin's a bad signing? No, because he's actually a pretty good DN for how old he is uh, and for how little money. Well, I wouldn't say how little money we got him for, but we got him, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but then you look at a signing like Michael Kendricks, where I just don't really get what we're going yeah. for, especially one week before Everson Griffin, which I'm sure we'll talk about, did his is now, you know, available. <sighs> so to say, oh, we have our feelers out and everything is ridiculous. So aside from the emotional standpoint of the fact that I really don't like Antonio Brown, I think he's a bad person. I think he just shouldn't be on a football team. Yeah. I'd also like to say we simply don't need him football-wise. Yes. We have the best deep threat wide receiver in the entire league. I, I, I will say that. I don't know who could even contend DK Metcalf for that type, title. At least not in recent. Honestly. At least not recently. At least not within this season. Yeah. Last season, you can, you can make some arguments, but this season, no, not a single person can contend with that, in my opinion. And then you could argue that Tyler Lockett is also on that list, considering, you know, the players. And I'd say Tyler Lockett, yeah, Tyler Lockett's like third or fourth. And also, Tyler Lockett's an amazing uh, yards after catch receiver. We kind of mm-hmm. forgot that. Last mm-hmm. night, oh my goodness, he juked that guy out of his shoes like twice. Oh, yeah. So we have these great, two great receivers. Just kind of got yeah. up on. We have these two receivers who are complementary to each other. We have Tyler Lockett who can go for short or long balls. We have DK Metcalf who's a strong man who can make that middle-of-the-road 10-yard catch for the first down pretty reliably. And we have David Moore who can come out of nowhere and make these spectacular catches for the Mm -hmm. 40-yard touchdown (laughs) at least three times a season, which I'll take. Oh, yeah. We do not need somebody like Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. I mean, because even if – I don't like to do that. But even if you take out – you know, if we consider him just as a football player. Right, right. I mean, he's, as a person, he's not going to like not getting 20, you know, he's he's going to want the ball. And quite and frankly, on this football team, 
Yeah. You can't just say, oh, I've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Antonio Brown and try to spread that ball around. You're not going to sit there and throw the ball 60 times a game, every no. single game. Uh, and then you, you have Josh Gordon who's signed. He's on a contract. The NFL right. is kind of just sitting on their hands for some reason and don't like not, that either. not, you know, <laughs> I don't understand that. And that's pretty ridiculous considering this is a man's livelihood. And you're just kind of like, eh, we're not going to make a decision yet, which I don't think I have written down here, but I mean, it should be talked about because we, another week, we haven't heard anything. There's no, there's no, there's nothing been communicated to him. And nothing has been communicated to the team. So it's just kind of like we're waiting radio silence here. Um, and then, like you said, David Moore by no means is a bad, ooh, bad receiver. Um, so, you know, it just – it didn't – to me, it didn't make football sense. And it doesn't yeah. make personnel sense, you know, for the type of person that he is at all. Uh you know, and Tom Brady's kind of been in love with him ever since he got to play like one game against the Dolphins with the Patriots. Uh, and he's been trying to get him back on the team. And then when he first signed with Tampa, he wanted him on the team and they finally got it. Uh, but it, it was really, you know, for the, the way Russell is, I guess. But, you know, I think, sadly enough, the way that he was talking about it was more of like um, – wanting to win by all means possible and wanting to add weapons. And yeah. I mean, I get that if it's not a bad person, but it's a bad person, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, so it's just, it, I, cause he made, he made that statement in the off season that he wanted to add these big weapons. And I mean, Jamal Adams isn't on offense, but you know, you get a guy like Jamal Adams and that certainly helps as a reinforcement type thing. But you know, Josh Gordon even Josh Gordon, when he comes back, whenever that'll be at NFL, get off your ass. Um, you know, that that's going to be even a bigger help to the offense. Because, I mean, Freddie Swain, he caught that touchdown against uh, New England? Patriots? I think so. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he's a young guy, but obviously he's, you know, not going to sit here and get us what Tyler Lockett did last night. But, you know, just adding Josh Gordon, a guy that, when we saw him play, you know, showed us big flashes for a guy who's not even, you know, it's not like he's 20 some years old. Right. It, it just doesn't, I don't get it. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. And when I first saw it pop up on my phone, I said, you don't need this. <laughs> stay away from it. Like it's a, like a, you should stay away from like your social distancing. Funny virus reference. haha joke. Nice. You know, just it's, it, it didn't make sense on any level to me. So, you know, yeah, I, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think that that should have ever happened, and I just hope that you know, do whatever you want, in Tampa Bay. You know, right? Just stay away from us. And like I said over text, this makes Tampa Bay villains. Like, oh yeah, I think in every game that you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play now, if you're not a Brady fan already, and you're not a Tampa Bay fan already, you're rooting against them. Oh yeah, whatever team you're on. I I mean, yeah, I didn't like I just, them already just because I wanted us to get the top seed, you know. But right, yeah, mm, you know, it's just it's the way that it is interesting to see how both Russell and Tom Brady campaigned for him. Right. Uh, but it's you know, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, speaking of signings that I'd rather see, 
uh, kind of interesting to see uh, for pass rush help here before I get into Mr. Kendricks, uh, even as we talked about him a little bit. Obviously, with the way that things have been and only generating one quarterback pressure in total last night, which was, I don't even know if we can consider that a pressure, but statistically it'll go down as a pressure. Uh, you know, and as we're coming up on the trade deadline here in a week on November 3rd, you, if, if, if you're not John Schneider, well, if you're John Schneider and you're sitting there in your office, Ooh, I'm the big boss man. And you don't <laughs> at all consider bringing in some sort of guy via trade. Don't really think there's anybody in the free agent market. I mean, Clay Matthews, I guess, but I don't know what he's doing nowadays. He might be just sitting there playing with his beard. Quinn Williams was a guy that I thought was interesting just because of how much of a dumpster fire the Jets are. But right. from what I've read, the Jets want more than a second rounder, and I wouldn't really give that up. Yeah, just not I think in this – well, this draft will be – that's a whole different story considering how everything's going. But I wouldn't necessarily give up more than that, especially the fact that you've already given up first for Jamal Adams. Someone like Everson Griffin, who only has three million left, three million dollars left on his contract from the Cowboys, as me and you talked about earlier before this, uh, he's got twenty uh, twenty-five. He's got two and a half sacks on the year, which would be best on this Seattle team. Uh, three tackles for loss, which would be third on the Seattle team, and has six QB hits, which is far more than we have gotten the last few games. Um, so, I mean, that's just a prime candidate right there especially considering the fact that you didn't for some reason sign him in the off season, uh, especially considering that they only signed him for like $6 million. And I'm pretty sure you could shell out $6 million for a pass rusher uh, that knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't read too much into it, but Carlos Dunlap is also a guy for the Bengals who's kind of been talked about in trade markets. Uh, so obviously I think that Everson Griffin's your prime guy, you know, but something has to be done here because Bruce Irvin ain't coming back this year. I mean, unless he right. becomes Superman or he gets some <laughs> Wakanda healing technology, I don't think we're seeing him back, you know, and Sheen right. Green is supposed to come back. I did read that he's somebody that we'll see against the Niners. Uh, but, you know, Rasheem isn't exactly a, like a proven guy necessarily. I mean, he showed flashes here and there, but he's by no means proven. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's just, you've got to go out and acquire somebody. If you don't, I would consider that a major failure. And I would say that you potentially don't really care about winning this year. I mean, obviously that's a little extreme considering you're five and one, yeah. but if you want to contend for a champ, the, the better comparison would say you don't want to win a championship because if you look at, you know, several Super Bowls, obviously defense, to me, defense is always going to win championships, regardless of whether it's a goal, one, uh, one stop or routing the Broncos like we did. If you look at uh, that Super Bowl year, I mean, you have incredible depth on the defensive line. I think it's way too late this year to have that depth, considering right. all the injuries. But I'm, I'm thinking more of, like, when the Eagles played the Patriots uh, and Tom Brady's got, like, 800 yards passing, not literally. And Brandon Graham, they're, they're, Tom Brady's about to lead another another drive like he has, and Brandon Graham strips him, and the Eagles win. You know, so many times right. it's the pass rush that does something, whether it's helping out the, the back end, forcing turnovers or disrupting the quarterback, you're going to need that. And especially for a team that's 
on pace to put up, I believe, 24 sacks, which is four less than they produced last year. And even last year, that was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've got to do something, you know. Uh, so that'll certainly be something to watch for. Obviously, November 3rd, same day as Election Day. Please go vote. Uh, next Tuesday. So that'll be something to monitor. Trades, like me and you talked about before we got on here. John Schneider is a guy that does make trades. Um, so I don't really see them moving anything else outside of a, you know, getting, acquiring a, uh, D lineman. Um, but you mean, it's it's something, you got to do something there. Do you have anything to say on that? Um, nothing really outside of, I really think we ought to get, um, Everson Griffin. I mean, we talked a lot about how we missed him. We missed him in the off season, and that to me was a confounding move. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, I, I think it would be foolish to miss him again. I think we got very lucky. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been given a second chance, essentially, on the silver platter, which is not something you get a whole lot in the NFL in terms of. Uh, in terms of players you miss out on, you, you you oftentimes don't get an opportunity to get them back. So I think that, of course, we should capitalize on this. Everson Griffin, $3 million, it's a steal, considering he already has two and a half sacks. And like we said, that would lead the team. Um, so guy like him, I think you need, you need to get someone like him. Uh, there just is – it is inexcusable to not and mm-hmm. – um, or at least not make an effort. I hope our name at least pops up that we tried. Because mm-hmm. uh, if we don't, then that's just uh, that is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, so. if somehow you know someone else goes out and offers something ridiculous to get somebody, like if somehow for some reason uh, Minnesota decides they want him back and they offer some ridiculous, fine. And I see that we tried, that's fine. But right. if we didn't put our name in the hat whatsoever or make that push, which I would be, I would be pushing really damn hard right now considering all the injuries and the fact that you lack so much on pass rush you know it's uh yeah i would agree with that i mean i definitely think an effort needs to be made and if we're being honest i think you need to make a serious one a damn serious one just to make sure that you get them because uh you know i don't know who else will who's calling the phones right now uh for uh to dallas but it's you got a damn hope it's our guys so the, the, yeah. the team did sign Michael Kendricks, like mm. we said, um, as well as added linebacker Ray Ray Armstrong uh, to the practice squad, and he was actually uh, activated to the active roster for the game against the Cardinals. No notable things there for Mr. Armstrong. But uh, Kendricks is on the practice squad uh, so that he can prepare to join the active roster. Uh, obviously, with that expanded practice squad in the pandemic here, pandemic here, uh, you can do that, kind of how we've been using Damon Harrison. He started 14 games last year for the team in that sort of heavy base offense that kind of doomed the team. Uh, and, you know, w- what can we really expect out of Mr. Kendricks this year? Because, I mean, I'd really hope that we don't go back to a base offense. Right. But obviously, if they signed him, uh, considering the, line, the, the linebackers that we've got with Jordan Brooks back, you have to think they got something in mind, you know? So 
what, what, what yeah. do you think we're going to see out of him this year? Um, to me, this signing, I, this signing made a lot more sense when we didn't have Jordan Brooks mm-hmm. back, um, or would have made a lot more sense. We were considering it; it made some sense. But now that we have Jordan's Brook, Jordan Brooks back. To me, I don't necessarily know what we're going to do with him. Uh, I think this was a little strange mm-hmm. um, in terms of wasting a roster spot on somebody who will probably be nothing more than depth. I'm thinking maybe it'd be nice to have Jordan Brooks have a mentor like Michael Kendricks, perhaps. Um, but I simply am not... I'm not entirely sure what he's going to do for the team and how much he's going to produce for the team. I think he was Mm -hmm. okay when we had him. I think we talked about this last week too, where the risk mitigation doesn't entirely make sense for me because this could be a guy who ends up not touching your football field at all and uh, wasting money on that Mm -hmm. Uh, just doesn't really jive with what I would hope our team would do, especially with somebody like Everson Griffin on the market now. Yep. Like the more we waste money, the more we're going to end up in a bad spot uh, for, for trying to get leverage on a guy like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a trading piece because nobody would want him. Yeah, if I mean, how else did we sign agent, him? You know. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it's just all around not a fan of that move very much. Uh, now that we've done it, of course, I'm rooting for the guy. I'd love to see him kick some butt out there. Um, but when he was a part of our linebacker core, him, KJ, and Bobby, um, he he did okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I, I don't think it was a amazing move. <laughs> I mean, considering cap space is a very weird thing to get right. into like true cap and all that but yeah from what i just read it says that we've got three million cap space and obviously you take whoever's contract that we trade assuming that we well, i have to trade for Everson griffin uh you're gonna cut it close you know right. so it's it's really important like you said that we don't waste much more money and obviously he's well practice squad doesn't matter he's still on the contract right but, you know it's, it's it is it is kind of questionable not quite it is questionable considering that you've got you just drafted a guy a linebacker you know and you've already got two of the best backers in football on team you know so i mean i don't know if they'd make him try to rush the passer because he's not really a pass rushing linebacker to begin with yeah so Uh, um it's it uh, it's kind of a head scratcher for me at least and and i'd agree i think you'd agree with that uh, but I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, we're not the guys in the big chairs in the big office, but uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. But maybe we should be. <laughs> not here. Or things to do: not sign Antonio Brown, not sign Michael Kendricks. Doesn't seem too hard. And then please sign Everson Griffin. Please, yeah. thank you. So that's uh, that's that's our big hope. We'll see. We'll, we'll, let's revisit this in two weeks. Yeah, we've, and uh, we've acquired any pass rushing help, maybe even next week. You know, I would love that. Oh boy, I'd love that. You know, just yeah. So there wasn't. Should we talk about the 49ers game quickly? Yeah, let's. Uh, let's. Is I was that just built in? Skirt over the uh, COVID nineteen uh, issue. Yeah, that's how we are this year. 
Uh, it was reported on Sunday that the NFL is going to come down harder on the Raiders than they did on the Titans for their negligence with the virus, which may, can, may include a heavy fine and a loss of a draft pick. So that's kind of weird considering everything that happened with the Titans and that whole like scandal that happened throughout that one week. Uh, it's com- obviously, it's not smart that the Raiders were the charity event and not weren't wearing masks. And then obviously almost all of their linemen have to be put on the COVID list and then they have to flex their game out. You know, that's just, you know, it's like, it's like you're messing with the NFL's money and the NFL is not happy about it. Yeah, so no. Just Raiders, Raiders slap on hand, but I don't know if I would like full on be that upset about it by the NFL, but it's, it's more than likely a money thing that they're upset about. But, um, Tomorrow games, obviously, we really shouldn't care too much about the damn Raiders. Um, playing the 49ers at home, as far as far as we know right now, it's only a 1 p.m. game. I really don't think they're going to flex it. I don't think they'd flex back-to-back schemes for yeah. us. Uh, but they're coming off two big wins. Uh, they beat the Rams uh, in prime time. Then they beat the Patriots. They kind of beat the brakes off the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Jeez. That Patriots was- imploded that game. I think that mm-hmm. – uh, you know, just to comment on that game real quick, I think that was um, the Patriots losing more than the, the than the Niners beating the Patriots. But mm. uh, but you, you still got to give credit to Jeff. Kind of interesting to see that we went they they put up that offensive performance against us, and then just whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, so you know what what are what are we paying attention to going into this game this week? I think we'd have to look at defense like usual. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a crippled offense, but uh, we, we saw them do that to the Patriots, who are pretty renowned for having a pretty decent uh, defense. So um, a little interesting that they were able to pull it off, and it is a little scary for us, who do not have the greatest of defenses. Um, I think I'd look at the run game for the Niners. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a formidable running back core, even if they don't have – Wilson they do have that new guy hasty who who's kind of a secret weapon we don't know what he can do he, mm-hmm. he might just come in and do a Carlos Edwards Hilaire not Carlos Clyde it's really uh, interesting too obviously nobody cares about my fantasy team here but they have Jerick McKinnon <laughs> who was uh did not do well he had he had injuries in Minnesota but he's he's fast and he can receive and I did pick him up and he didn't do stuff for me but with with Raheem Mostert injured and with Jeff Wilson now injured, who Jeff Wilson got the majority of the carries mm-hmm. in that game. This, this is a team that, you know, they did like to run the ball. Obviously they've got George Kittle and people like to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a lot, which he's not that good. Which, yeah, you know. um, <laughs> but they, they, they can, they can run the ball with running backs, but they also love to mix in running the ball with their playmakers in the wide receiver uh, room there. So I, I would agree there. It's, it's, it's going to be really important that, Obviously, we're not really happy with uh, Trey Flowers more than likely starting this game, but um, it's it's they they do a great job of running the ball, and um, you know they've got they've got a pretty solid line and Trent Williams at left tackle, uh, Lakin Thompson at left guard. I think they have Hinusu Grasu at center, who's a guy who played for the Bears. Uh, I don't know why I love to pull that name out of the hat there. <laughs> the point is, they've got a good line. Yeah, and they, I gotcha. when, they're, when they're able to run the ball, you know that kind of sets up Mr. Garoppolo to get the ball to playmakers like Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Kittle, 
George, I was thinking of Jimmy Fallon, George Kittle. Um, you know, so it that's I you know running the running game is really going to be important this game. Funny that we're going to talk about that after all right. the passing that we do. You know, so it's it, it'll be interesting also to see what the offense does. Uh, I don't know if you're going to try to go. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what both offenses do because obviously they come off. I don't remember how many rushing yards they had against the Patriots, but I know it was like over at least a hundred. I think they had more than two hundred rushing yards, which is insane in its own right. Um, but not having, I don't I don't even know what their depth chart looks like with Jeff Wilson now. Now, but yeah, they they've got when they've got Hastings who did come in and contribute in that game, and I think has been in at least the Rams game, you know, and Jarek McKinnon, you're, you're going to have to figure that they're going to make it work one way or another. Um, and I mean, talking about the offense a little, does, does the offense need to do anything differently after kind of struggling the last two weeks to produce in the second half, obviously in that Minnesota game, uh, you struggle in the first half, but um, you did put yourself in a position to have to have a game winning drive put there. So, I mean, would it, would it just, be an urgency thing or I think it's maintaining the ga- uh, the gas on for the entire game um, I, I, I'm a lot less concerned about this 49ers game that I am with the Cardinals game and holy moly is that a sentence that I would not think I'd say last year mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think we can expose our secondary enough with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that we should come away with a win uh, I don't even – I don't have this game as a loss or have it as a trap game either. Um, funny enough, I did have that last game as a loss when I did my preseason predictions. Um, hmm. I, I get that the Dolphins game and the Viking games weren't exactly great for Russ, but they were still pretty good. But last week was kind of horrendous for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. But let's do three mm-hmm. touchdowns without interceptions. Um, they almost neutralize each other, you know. Yeah. And Russell rarely has two games, two bad games in a row. I know that's superstition, and I know we don't really fly by superstition a whole lot, mm-hmm. but he rarely does. And I don't think it's fully superstition because I think he is a type of guy to look at that last game and go, I'm not going to do that again for yep. this entire season. Yep. I mean, in, in the press conference after the game, he said he repeatedly told, he repeatedly said that it was his fault, you know, on all of those interceptions. And so I'd have to think, you know, looking ahead. Uh, he's going to say, you know, that was way lower than I could have played and way lower than I hold – way lower than the standard that I hold myself to and just come out and just play a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's just sort of being able to maintain that lead and obviously got to get out to that lead first. But, you know, right. just being – playing better, you know, game – better – almost just playing better football, you know what I mean, in terms of the lead. Yeah. That is uh, that. Is that obviously, there's uh, first loss of the season. There's going to be a lot of we're – not, we're not all, oh, yay, Russell cooking time, touchdowns everywhere, we win games. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, there were some things you need. It was almost like those wins were kind of overshadowing the fact that the defense was playing so poorly. Obviously not because we can kind of like spoke about, hey, we need to fix up this defense. But now it's like you could – kind of blame it you know it, it when you lose things just kind of glare at you more right you know? so uh no more seahawk time uh the sounders won 
Excuse me, on Thursday versus the Tim- uh, no, they drew versus the Timbers. Oh, one to one at home. Uh, they didn't get a goal on the board until Will Bruin scored the equalizer in the 93rd minute. Uh, was the team's first shot on <laughs> the fir- team's first shot on target of the game, uh, and because Sporting Kansas City. Uh, won their game over the weekend. They are now in second place. The Sounders are, but they can uh, push it back up to first place in the Western Conference with a win against the Vancouver Whitecaps. But, you know, drawing against Portland at home and just having a poor performance against Portland throughout the season, uh, it's not something you want. So obviously you want to come out uh, and take care of business against Vancouver so you can go home with that uh, first place in the conference. Uh, in your back pocket again. Obviously, no more Seattle Storm news for this season. Celebrating a championship, so great again for the ladies there. But uh, UW Athletics, so we're approaching fastly here, fastly, fastly. Uh, Husky football, uh, and last Which Friday should oh. be exciting. I'm just, I was just positing that that, that should be. I'm excited because I, in past years, have not necessarily gotten the opportunity to watch it that much. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of excited because I've been looking forward to it for like probably the first time. It would have been life. nice to be uh, in the dog pound this year, but uh, you know, <laughs> pandemic time. Uh, last Friday, Coach Jimmy Lake said that the team will not rush to make the decision on who the starting quarterback will be, but they would like to name a starter sooner rather than later. The team currently has four quarterbacks on the roster in Jacob Sermon, Kevin Thompson, Dylan Morris, and Ethan Garbers. Uh, so I don't know how much you've been, obviously you're not necessarily a Husky, but, uh, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, do you have a quarterback pick here? Oh boy. I do not know a lot about the Huskies. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> it's, 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 we've kind of been, uh, lucky over the past few years to just have that continuity. Yeah. Uh, to have, uh, Jacob, oh shoot, Jake Browning. Sorry. Almost mm-hmm. got the wrong Jacob. Jake Browning over those four years um, and then to have Jacob Beeson as like a rental right. for one year. But now, you know, you've got a new coach, you've got a new quarterback to decide on. Um, I kind of liked Ethan Garbers coming out of uh, high school there and they have, Oh shoot. I forgot his name, but there's another, they've got another guy coming next year, but obviously you can't worry about next year. This is a Pac-12 team, uh, conference that, you know, Oregon is, again, kind of who they are. Oregon's back to where they were at. I don't know if they're – well, they're not necessarily back to uh, being top-ranked, top five in the polls, but it's it's another solid team that they're putting out um, in a good program. And the Huskies have kind of been – they've kind of been thought of as like a middle-of-the-road team this year. I can understand that considering – you don't really know where this offense is going to be. You sign a guy like uh, John Donovan to be the offensive coordinator coming from the pros. Uh, and Jimmy Lake takes over after Chris Peterson steps down. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see this defense because Jimmy Lake's always kind of put out a good defense. Uh, and you bring in a guy like Savelle Smalls, who was a really big recruit and was, I guess, kind of dubbed as the next big thing. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that does there, but, in talk, terms of quarterback, I'm going to write this down right now. Well, not physically write it down, but I'm going to put it down as Ethan Garbers is my quarterback week one, uh, which is interesting also because we did get a uh, start time for that first game against Cal, 
Uh, let me let me pull it up really quick, really quick, really quick. Uh, if my dang email will load here. Um, but obviously starting the season off against Cal here uh, at 7.30 p.m. Damn, that's late. Uh, so they'll travel to the Bay and face Cal on November 7th at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. So we will see who the quarterback is there. Uh, I'm taking, taking Ethan Garbers. Obviously, I don't really gamble, but uh, I, I'm going to put my money on Ethan Garbers, and uh, we'll see from there. So. That is episode 26. I normally have not kept Bennett this long, and I hope I'm not keeping him too long by talking my mouth off. Um, But big game, obviously, against the 49ers this week. Obviously, they're not exactly who they were last year, but it's still a division game, and you want to get taken care of. So thank you. Uh, any, Any parting words, Mr. Bennett? Hello? Bennett? Hello? All right. I don't. Oh, Bennett's not here. All right. Well, have a good rest of your night. Uh, Thank you and go Hawks.